you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? It's time for Out of Bounds. Two beauties! With William Quackenbush. Slow your roll. The, the show goes till three, loser. And Ben Milstead. My gosh, we need an intervention for you. Be the final play of the college season, perhaps, if Clemson gets a touchdown to win it. If Bama can hold him out, perhaps a field goal attempt for overtime. Watson. Touchdown! Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. And Clemson runs out of the field and celebrates. They come to California and strike gold. Out of bounds. Yo, you don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here. If any of you need anything at all, too bad. Deal with your problems yourselves like adults. It's time. All right, let's do this. Match point, touchdown, etc. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We are live on the roar on a Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Quackenbush. Ben Milstead, we are live inside the Upcountry Fiber studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. God bless Upcountry. God bless them. Uh, you know, uh, there was an AT&T outage a few days ago. I realized, like I realized it's, a, it's cellular and it wasn't internet, whatever. Uh, but can I tell you, I, I felt so blessed to have Upcountry during that nightmare because I, there were people freaking out. Like my friends were freaking out. Do you guys know, like, how are you guys even, like, did you guys talk on the phone? I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. I don't even know. My internet was working great. My phone's working great. I got you. Anyway, just want to throw that plug in there. Upcountryfiber.com. How are you, sir? Man, I'm I'm wonderful as always. Happy to be here, and uh, good to see you face-to-face in the studio. I see you more at sporting events now than i think we're in the studio together sometimes yes but that's okay that means things are going good in life as well this time of year that's that's kind of par for the course Mm -hmm. fortunately or unfortunately i would say unfortunately for the show um tomorrow i'm gonna be in winston-salem friday i'll be here and also in columbia because teleportation is a thing Mm. (laughs) uh saturday i'll be in columbia wait say that again now what Tomorrow, what what day? Friday. You'll be in both places. Well, what? I mean, not both places at the same time, but you're going to be amazed how quickly I get to Columbia, though. Oh, here you're gonna be, I'll be here I and see. then Columbia. Yes. My mind heard you say yes. you were going to Winston Salem and Columbia. Oh. <laughs> not simultaneously. No, technology's not quite there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, next week we got Greensboro. Um, I'm on the docket for I'm going to Miami with baseball coming up the week before Easter. Mm-hmm. Which uh, that's exciting. Just found that out mm, yesterday, a couple days you ago. You get all the good trips. I know. Go to Miami, Miami for baseball. I mean, going to Miami is good enough as it is when it's like for a basketball game. When you go for baseball, you're down there for three and a half days. You're down there for basically four days. Oh, yeah. And we're going to be off Good Friday. 
So I get to just like, I can just like walk the campus. I can just do whatever. I don't even know what to do well, with a free day on the road. I don't know if I would recommend doing that, but <laughs> you're you're uh, you're gonna stick out. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Redhead, Thank you. Redheaded quark. <laughs> you know, what? You're not from around here, are you, boy? That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> They're gonna say it just like that too. Yes. Exactly like that. The, the exact antithesis of that is the way they will say it. Now my penance is that. And I've not been asked this yet, but I'm going to make assumptions on air live. Mm-hmm. The next week is the is the spring game, weekend of the spring game. Mm-hmm. I am routinely asked to do baseball then. We just haven't quite got there in the calendar yet. That is at Notre Dame. Two years ago, I did that. It snowed. And the wind chill was below 30 two of the three days. I've already found a replacement for you for the – tiger pregame show so i'm assuming you're gone okay <laughs> very, very <laughs> if you're good. not gone you're gonna have the day <laughs> off <laughs> we're already making uh we're already making plans um it is the it is the next last day of february we're just about to get to march i it is like warm today like i don't normally i check the weather before i dress myself but today like i'm wearing a hoodie and i'm embarrassed yeah why would i wear a hood it's 70 degrees and muggy Sinkiff was wearing short sleeves. Right. You're wearing are you wearing short sleeves? Yeah. Or, you got or short no, sleeves. he was, wearing shorts. I'm wearing short sleeves. That's right. Yeah. So you guys did check the weather before you dressed yourself this we morning. Did. I just I, you know, travel with women's basketball. Typically you're wearing sweats, but God, that was a that was a bad, bad choice. Chad the mailman uh expresses shock and dismay that I actually dressed myself. But his wife lays it out the night before. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the way that works. That's that's what and, marriage is, folks. And packs his carrots for him, <laughs> sits him on the counter. She did for real. Uh, we, she Puts left, him in the Superman lunchbox. <laughs> she left the house this morning. She <laughs> said, "Now there's one more thing of leftover pasta." I and that that's my that's my cue there. Like, please eat this pasta. I've noticed that. Like when she brings something up, that's mm. like you need to do. You should do this. It's not just facts. It's like a suggestion. Speaking of food, there is a tray of. Just goodness, also known as smoked chicken breast from the Cajun Cafe from last night. Shut your mouth. It's in a refrigerator in there. Mm. I ate a piece a while ago, and then I washed my hands, and then I because I can and I can still smell it on my fingers because it's chicken. That's, that's my, smoked. That's, that's when you know it's listen, good. <laughs> that's my favorite thing about the Cajun Cafe. Yeah, is that you know you were there for like three days after, mm-hmm. and normally you would go ugh. But I like, I like how that smells. I enjoy that. They they bring us a tray of that occasionally, especially after a win. After a, after a loss, I would imagine it goes into trash. You just assume it's bad chicken. But after a win, you know we get that. And it's a good win by the by the baseball tigers last night for sure. Yes, and I I appreciate everybody that listened and those of you who watched uh, who watched. I saw your tweets. Um. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a really good win. The answer to those people, we don't know. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I got the answer, and I could tell you the answer, in, but in, honestly, you joke, would hate it. Inside joke between a couple hundred of us on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did actually ask that question yesterday, and I got the answer. And I just decided I'm not even going to tell people that that it, because you wouldn't understand. I get it, but you, know, you wouldn't understand. 
Um, Clemson scored the last eight runs at a game against USC Upstate. They got Ethan Darden out here firing BBs and posting zeros. It was a really good win. USC Upstate's going to win the Big South. They're by far the most talented team. Um, they they beat Clemson consecutive years, um, or two of the I think two of the last three years, they've beaten Clemson at least once. They they really punked Clemson in that game in in uh, in twenty twenty one, and um, uh, last year in Greenville before South Carolina, USC Upstate beat Clemson in kind of a knockdown dragout like low scoring game. Yesterday, the ball's flying out of the ballpark. How about, this is what I love. This is why I say you show up to the ballpark, I think more so than every other sport. You show up to the ballpark, you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen, ever. Will Taylor is 1 for 23 on the season. He got a base hit, his first plate appearance of the year. First, on opening day. He was 0 for his next 22. He had, a, I think, a walk and a couple hit batters, maybe a fielder's choice or two, but basically hadn't run the bases in two weeks. He shows up yesterday in the six hole, bumped down the lineup a little bit. Bomb, bomb, bomb. And none of them were cheap, I didn't think. The one was a little bit short, the first one. The second one was a line drive that got out where the center fielder uh, got eaten up by the terrace and, like, stumbled and hit the wall. Mm-hmm. But it was well hit. And then the third one was, like, 430 feet and 111 miles an hour. The old terrace monster got somebody. Claimed a victim. They, they did last night. Let me ask you this, baseball guy. Okay. Uh, Will Taylor hitting in the sixth spot, and then that – led to some additional conversations that I overheard about, you know, well, this guy, once he got moved to this spot in the batting, batting order, did this. And this was the, you know, he was so much better in this spot. He hit the ball so much better. I've never understood that. Explain that to me. What what, the, what is the thought process behind, and maybe you don't even agree with that, but I saw a lot of people talking about the fact that Will Taylor was in a sixth spot is part of the reason that he hit the ball well. And I don't I'm I really don't understand how that has anything to do with it. Explain that to me. Um I don't know that I can explain it. I can tell you wh- why it, just a, just it happens. A feel? <laughs> I think it is. It's a comfort level because when you think about a baseball lineup and, and I would say this too, in basketball, when you bring the ball up the floor, you are the point guard you have a different level of expectation of what's required of you in that possession than if you are getting the ball in the wing. Like, I would say it's the same thing as starting versus coming off the bench in basketball or uh, playing off the ball as opposed to on the ball. Being off the ball doesn't mean you never dribble or pass, but it does mean you're not the quote-unquote point guard. So you take some responsibility off. Some people like that responsibility. Some guys really like hitting leadoff. They don't like hitting seventh, for instance. Because they they are good at the leadoff spot. And sometimes it means that if you're good in the leadoff spot, there's a trickle-down effect where you're seeing a bunch of pitches or you're getting on base and you're helping other guys. Uh, somebody hitting toward the top of the lineup, there's generally a little more pressure on them. So when you move a guy down in the lineup, one of two things can happen. There's always a bit of a dance here. Either the guy goes, well, 
uh, this is a less important role, so I have little or no pressure now. I can go play freely. I'm, I'm playing a little bit tight in the two-hole because there's more expected of me. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way it can go is you move a guy down and you go, coach doesn't believe in me anymore. And you can go in the tank. When it really is just, it could be about getting another guy some at-bats up there. And I, I think every coach is a little bit different how they deal with the lineup, but that's the way I would say it. It has more to do with what's going on inside the brain and the heart and the soul of a player at the moment than it does with physical ability when a guy's struggling and gets moved down. There are also some guys, and this happens a lot. I, I, like, I've been a fan of, t- I've, I've watched Clemson teams that this happened to. I've been a fan of pro teams that this happened to. You never have a leadoff hitter or you never feel like you have, let's say, a starter-worthy player in basketball because somebody plays great off the bench and then you start them and they play lousy. And so you have to go to the guy that was starting that you put on the bench and then he plays great and so you put him back in the lineup and then he starts and he's lousy. And the guy that comes, like everybody likes coming off the bench, nobody likes to start. I've seen that before. I've seen guys that hit well in the 7 or 8 or 9 spot that when you move them to the top of the order, they can't hit. And I think it is pressure... Sometimes it's guys that need to, you know, they might need to play an inning or two in the field to get comfortable in a game. So you move them down the order like that. We know that's not necessarily the case of Will Taylor because he hit like 380 last year with an on-base close to 500, hitting at the top third of the lineup. But for right now, I think Will Taylor, you're probably feeling that money year pressure. You've got mm-hmm. some major league draft stuff going on. You've, you've hit the ball hard, and you're, you're not getting anything to show for it. So I think it was good for him to just kind of hit the reset button and maybe not watch his teammates hit well in front of him to kind of take the pressure off. Yeah, I mean, and there, that certainly could be the case. Uh, I'm just curious your thoughts on it because you do see guys sometimes hit better once they move down. Uh, it just seems to me like once you're through the order one time, it really doesn't matter where your batting order is. Right. You know? Because do you do you lead off in the first inning or do you lead off in the third inning? You know, uh, Monty Lee used to talk about that all the time. Like we want a guy who can lead off in the leadoff spot, but I guess if you're hitting six, you can't lead off in the third. But you get the point, right? But but like will to your point, Will Taylor actually led off three innings last night. Oh so yeah, how about that. He had three leadoff home runs. Um, it was honestly, it was. <laughs> It was um, Alden Mathis and Will Taylor were the, the guys that let off like six or seven times between them last night. Texas says lower in the lineup, you get better pitches to hit, more fastballs. Possible. Uh, possible, yeah. Okay. I would say I, I, I would say that's probably true, um, depending on who it is. Uh, and you also know that when a guy's hitting, oh, whatever, Will Taylor was, 060, 070, whatever. 46. You, there we go. There we go. I, I was giving him way too much credit there. Oh, not good. You do, <laughs> Right. You do kind of look at guys. Like, you know the scouting report. You know he's a good player. But when you get past guys who are hitting 300 or 280 or 350 or whatever, and you go, whew. Like Bob Mahoney talks about all the time, sometimes the most dangerous thing that can happen to a pitcher is get a strikeout for the second out with the bases loaded or something like that. Because then you're like, whew. That's a big out, but then you have to get another one. And sometimes you let your guard down a little bit when you get that big one. Um, I think that sometimes happens bottom of the order. I think that's, I think that's true. I think, there's, uh, I think there's something to that. Texter from the 864 says, who's hitting O Ozuna? Fair. First half Ozuna, well not done. second half Ozuna. Well done. 
<laughs> um, I also think, I think what Eric Baggis did with his lineup yesterday was fantastic. Candidly, he told me, this was off the record, but I don't think he'd mind me sharing it right now. Uh, he said, I hate making out a lineup without Cam Canarello's name. He said, I hate it because, you, because that's a guy you know is going to hit first. And when you have to move somebody into that spot, you don't really know where all the pieces fit. And I think he did a really good job moving Mathis up because he has a great eye. I think it helps him be a little more patient at the plate. Um, I, he saw more pitches last night. He, I thought he had great ABs. It gets Naraki into the top third where I think he's very good handling the bat. Um, and then, you know, the, the rest of the lineup kind of is what it is. I just felt like up and down, Clemson had a great approach last night. And they faced USC Upstate's best pitcher. Um, that was a guy that had thrown six innings and struck out nine and given up nothing through the year. He's a closer that's transitioning into a starter. Very excited uh, Very excited to see how this team plays on Friday, given what they just did. Yeah, and, and also knowing what's coming up this weekend, and you were, you know, you, you're thinking ahead to that series in, in terms of how you set your lineup and your pitching and all that. To be able to get that win over – Upstate's a team that handled you a couple – was it last year or two years ago? Two of the last three years, yeah. they've they've beaten Clemson. Um, it, it just felt like it would be easy to overlook a, a Tuesday – a random Tuesday game. Felt like that one might might end up being important. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, six, five, four roars, the number. We'll come back. We'll talk more baseball. We'll talk more basketball. And – we're going to talk spring practice as well today. What do you want to see? Stay with us. Hour one of the program continues right after this. Carolina Top Dress is your go-to solution for maintaining a healthy and vibrant lawn. With our specialized soil conditioning program, we ensure your grass stays nutritious and healthy. Right now, take advantage of our limited time offer and receive a free lawn aeration when you sign up for our program. Trust us to help your lawn thrive all season long. Visit us now at carolinatopdressing.com for your free quote. And as always, go Tigers! It's moving day, and Tiger Moving Company is here to help. Skip the headache. Hire the professionals with the right tools for your move. They're a clean-cut and reliable team, pack and assemble furniture seamlessly. So all you have to do is make yourself at home. To top this all off, they even start and stop the clock at your house, charging you a flat hourly rate. No rounding up. Call today at 908-9028 or email tigermoving at gmail.com to make your next move with Tiger Moving Company. There is a problem with mattresses. The bad ones leave you sleeping in a hole way too quickly, and no one makes flippable mattresses anymore. Engineered sleep designs and manufacturers mattresses that solve common issues and sleep comfortably. Whether you prefer firm or soft, they have you covered. Go check out their industry-leading dual mattress and their flippable classic hybrids at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive, Greenville, or visit engineeredsleep.com to learn more. Just trust me. We've all heard or said these words ourselves at various points. It's going to be great. Just trust me. We say that all the time. And that's basically what I'm saying when you hear me talk about PhD weight loss. I'm just asking you, just trust me. And now the reality is a few of y'all are thinking things like this. Will it be safe? Or, you know, perhaps more commonly, will I fail? Nope, you won't fail because they won't let you. You're not your past. Whatever diet, pills, or injections you did in the past failed you. Wanting to drop weight is 80% of the battle, so you're almost there. And the other 20% is having an expert on your side, a way to keep you on track. 
Keeping you on track is what PhD does. It's the most important thing that they do. I want you to think about this. Think about what not doing PhD will do. Multiply five pounds times five years of doing nothing. You're another 25 plus pounds overweight. If you don't stop right now and call PhD. For more info, go to the website at myphdweightloss.com. Spring is coming and with it, pollen season. Be ready to rid your ride of pollen by purchasing your Tiger Express Wash Anywhere Unlimited Fast Pass. Visit Tiger Express Wash online or any of their three locations for a pre-purchased monthly pass that can be used as often as you like at all Tiger Express wash sites in Clemson, Pendleton, and Easley. You can be ready in advance with a fast pass from Tiger Express Wash. More locations, same quality care. Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one number golf cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize the Clemson-themed golf cart of your dreams. Save up to $2,000 during the end of the model year closeout sale. Salty Fries on Highway 183 in Piedmont and at saltyfriesfries.com. Meet Cheryl. Hey. She's on vacation and lost in the moment. Unfortunately, so is her Chase debit card. It's got to be somewhere. Maybe she lost it at Salsa Night. These skirts should have pockets. Or maybe she lost it at Pilates. Three and two and... But she's not worried. With the Chase mobile app, she can lock her card till it turns up. Tools that help protect. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data reads may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. Member FDIC. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The college football games may have ended, but the offseason is just getting started. And we have you covered all year long. These fans need to calm down. The big game hype is real. I can't wait. They really need to produce for their fans. The Roar where every day is game day. Welcome back. Glad to have you with us. 654 Roars a number. A little bit of Bayou fill outside to it. You know, humid. Supposed to be cold, supposed to be hot, but it's just humid. This uh, this hoodie is only going to last one more segment. Mm. I tried to go the uh, Bill Belichick, like not cut off sleeves, but I, I tried to go rolled up sleeves, and it's just not it's not going to work. I'm getting too fired up in here. Uh, Six five four roar. You want to join us on the phones? We're on the Adams Griffin text line. Let's go to Lincoln, who's up with us next on the phone. Six five four roar is the number. What's up, Lincoln? How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for getting in. Yes, sir. So I had a question, and I tried looking this up, and I, I couldn't find it anywhere. I figured if anybody knew it, it would be you. So watching the basketball game last night, I know in the NBA the coach gets a challenge on foul calls. Do they get that in college basketball as well? They do not get challenges on foul calls. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering that after watching the game because there was a few questionable. I didn't know if Brownell had any or if he was just if he didn't have any or not. Um but I wanted to ask you guys a question on P.J. Hall. You know, he hasn't really seemed in the rhythm. I don't think he scored 
more than maybe one or two shots from the paint last night. It, are you guys concerned any about that, or you think he's just kind of fatigued a little bit, or just not really? That's just not really how the games are playing out so far this last week or so for him. I will say I'm a little concerned. Um, because I, I'm, an, I'm an all of the, all of the above. A little concerned. It's how the games are playing out. He's a little fatigued, a little injured, a little bit of all of that, Lincoln. Yeah, because I, I mean, do you think that's something that that needs to be fixed before we get to the ACC tournament, or do you think it's something that you are? Do you think they're going to be able to win games in the ACC tournament with him still playing like this? That's a good question, Lincoln. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. Yes, um, sir. Well, I, well, I mean, they, they they're winning games right now with him playing like that. That's right. So I'm not as worried about the ACC tournament like that as I am like if they're if they're going to make a run in the NCAA tournament I think PJ has to be I think he has to be the best player on the floor now I'm also going to say this I thought last night everybody was a little weird around the basket I thought everybody was a little both teams I thought there were easy shots missed by both teams around the rim Mm -hmm. so I didn't think it was just PJ I, I don't know if it was the nature of the game or what but like Godfrey and Shefflin and Henson like it felt like everybody was having a hard time scoring around the rim a lot last night. Yeah, I don't know. Last night's game is, to me is a li- it's a little different conversation than the season as a whole. Think about what Pitt has. Pitt's got a seven footer or close to it in the game at all times, and and, and also has big men who cannot shoot outside really. Uh, well, I mean that Graham Diaz kid, he can, but he you know he didn't last night. He didn't last night. Um, so not having, like, I, I I was bothered that PJ was not inside in the Florida state game. I was not last night. In fact, I felt like it was smart that he was not last night because it opened those driving lanes and, and, and he had it, he had more of an advantage outside than maybe he did inside in that particular matchup last night. I agree with that. But, but I mean, I think Lincoln's question is a valid one. Is, is there some concern? Yeah, I have some concerns about PJ from a more from a health standpoint, not from his willingness. You know, the other thing too, you're trying you're trying to keep he's having foul issues right now, which I think is a direct correlation to fatigue. Yes, you're you're more handsy when you're tired. Um, so you know, getting him getting him out in space, maybe there's. And I don't know this. I'm just guessing. Maybe there's a thought that there's less likelihood that he's gonna gonna be fouling his things. I don't know. That's the other thing that I want to point out is that that was a that was a very physical game on the boards mm-hmm. last night. There was a lot of contact on rebounds, and I think the fact that Shefflin had 12 and Hall had 10 and Clark had nine it shows that they were ready for that. So I, I don't want to say that P.J., that his lack of scoring punch was because he's he's injured or fatigued. Or like, he, he can't take a physical beating right now because he clearly can and did on right. the glass last night. Right. Let's... Let's keep in mind that we are we are also talking about a player that had a double-double last night. Yes. I mean, which is a testament to what that guy's been able to do this year because... You know, we have a call up wondering if there's some mild concern about PJ that had a double double last night. 
because you recognize that he's had better games and can. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think that's a major or a major factor right now. On the fatigue thing, Coach Brownell reminded after the game, and, and I didn't even think about it. Third game in seven days. You know, when you play Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, that's a tough. Did not even occur to me that it's third game in seven days, which means you've had zero days off in about nine days. Right. That's what he said. He said today would be their first day off in a in a while. Yeah. So, um, you. Know, it was good for me to hear that after the game because I, I was – honestly, I, I was ticked at the way they played in the first half last night. And, at, you know, and now reflecting back on kind of what they look like, maybe maybe some of that – there's a reason that you looked a little sluggish to begin with. Well, and they, the, thing, the thing that I loved about last night is that with – particularly with Hall and Shefflin, I mean, Brad Brownell's point out many times, like, they're not practicing. So one thing he told the media last night is that when you're not practicing, sometimes it does take you a few minutes to get into the flow of the game. And he said a couple of our early turnovers was, were like those guys just not quite being in it yet. yet yeah, you, you can't simulate the speed of the game in practice, even when you are practicing. Especially with that pit team. They're not Virginia, but they're really good on defense. Like, that, that's a team that I think it's tough to score on most nights if you're playing in the half court. Yeah. Texture thinks he's Samson because he cut his hair. <laughs> <laughs> he did get a haircut about three days ago. You might be onto something there, True. Texture. <laughs> um, and as you said, Clips has won their last three. Uh, they've, they've won them with uh, haircut PJ. And with PJ averaging like 10 a game. Yeah. Maybe I'm just being glass half full. I, I think it's a almost a positive that you you win these games even though your best player was not at his 100%. You know uh and and again we're talking about PJ Hall who went 12 and 10 last night. Do you and think and played 30 minutes? What what I'm what I'm saying with PJ is I think if this team can max out its potential there's going to be a game where he has to get like 25 Maybe, I would. I, I would just point out though, when he was doing that, then maybe some of his teammates weren't scoring. I mean, it it does feel like it's kind of balancing balancing out. Um, and you know, you said Clemson's at their best when he's the best player on the court. You're you're probably right about that. I would just point out or ask the question, is Clemson at their best when there really isn't a weak link on the court? And by that, I mean Chase Hunter has turned back into Chase Hunter of old and had 15 points last night. Shefflin had 15 points last night. Jack Clark was at his best defending and shutting down Blake Henson. Only had two points. I don't care. That wasn't his job. last. That's his right. job wasn't to score points last night. Joseph Gerrard... 15 points last night. Maybe Clemson's actually at their best when you're getting some major contribution to all five players. Because here's the thing. When P.J.'s going for 12 and 10, he's also still attracting a crowd. He still requires yep. lots of attention. There were very few times when he was mano a mano with somebody that there wasn't help or shade 
uh, going his way. Um, to your point about PJ two, I. I do think this is a better team when there's balance. I think every team's better when there's balance. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're getting like eight from Beatle off the bench. Like you had four in double figures, and then you you look at who your fifth leading score was, and it was Beatle. And I'll admit, I was the substitution patterns late were a little curious because Joe Girard was on the bench for some critical possessions, but I felt like in that game. I didn't like it. It felt weird. Like, mm-hmm. why is Joe on the bench? But then you look at Beetle on the floor. You're going, okay. It's let's say fifty-two fifty. What do you need more right now? A score or a stop? Yeah. Well, and and they were trying to do offense defense there at the end between Gerard and Beetle. But there were a couple of opportunities where you didn't do that, and I had the same question. I did ask the question this morning by to someone that would be in the know. Uh, Joe, he did get scratched right around the eye with about two minutes to go. Came out. Uh, I know that he went. He was off the bench for a minute. I think back in that little room. Uh huh. Um, and so I, part of that was injury, and I think part of that was just coach's decision that that Beetle, the defensive end was more important for a couple of those possessions. Um, but I mean, I, you know, it was curious that that Joe wasn't in there for a few of those trips down the floor. But I, I think it was just the combination of the two. He, he needed a minute injury-wise, and then and then Josh was Josh was playing really well. Well, and he was playing well enough offensively that you didn't have to just straight def- defense offense sub him. I mean, he, he has eight points on four of eight. He's getting downhill at the end of the game. You look at possessions in the last two and a half minutes, he missed a layup, he... Well, actually, let's go back to about the six-minute mark is when I really started um, when I really started watching him. He makes two layups. He gets an assist. He misses a layup in like a three-and-a-half-minute, uh, in about a three-and-a-half-minute span. And then Gerard starts getting sort of back in the, he starts getting back in a the rotation. They're going in and out. For about four minutes, Beetle was really important to Clemson's attack. He makes a layup to tie it at 50. He makes a layup to give him a two-point lead and another one to make, make it a four-point game. And then all the while... He's getting good ball pressure on the other end of the floor. The fact that Beadle, and Brad Brownell also said this to the media last night, he he went in the game and they had talked about exactly what they wanted to do, and Brad said he went in and did exactly what he was not supposed to do. Like, mm-hmm. basically the wrongest thing he did. Talking about Josh? Yes. Yeah. And so he took him right out. He said, hey, it's you're making it hard for me to play you, but you're going right back in. So he yeah. put him right back in. He ends up playing 22 minutes. And... You know, a texture says, yeah, 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 but Josh had a bad turnover at the end of the game. He did. He had a bad turnover at the end of the game. Um, but keep in mind, Gerard had two bad turnovers at the end of, was it Florida State or the game before that? It was one of the last couple of games. He had a couple of bad turnovers. Yeah, Florida From, State game, I think, is uh, is what you're talking Like going in the lane and trying to like jump and pass the ball back out yeah. and getting deflected. I think it was a Florida State game. Um. I would I mean I would I would say this. I do think PJ Hall is going to have to take a game over at some point, but it is nice that you don't have to have that from him. Particularly if he's not 100% that other guys are able to to pick up the slack and that you're getting to your original point Ben, you're getting more guys operating closer to their peak mm-hmm. right here at the end of the season. And I I just love that. I, I yeah, I I love the balance of that last night. And again, I, I just felt like everybody did their job. 
you know, Josh Beadle did exactly what he was asked to do. R.J. Godfrey came in and gave you a solid 15 minutes. You know, and watching R.J. play and now looking at his box score, it felt like he was so much more impactful than what the box score says because I think he was. Um, he sustained, you know, helped help sustain that lead. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, we mentioned Clark. And in my opinion, I put this on Twitter last night. I think Clark locking down Blake Henson was the difference in the ball game last night. I do. He, Blake Henson is their heart and soul for Pitt. He's the same guy that scored, I think, 41 against Duke less than a month ago at Duke, at Cameron. Uh, you held him to two of nine shooting, six points. And frustrated the heck out of him to the point that he's he's sh- uh, chunking up bad shots. You know, t- to me, Jack Clark is was the X factor last night. He was. There's no question. Uh, he was plus 15. Sometimes I don't think plus minus is is a good gauge for an individual player. Last night, it's a good gauge of Jack Clark's involvement. Yeah, and it's a real it's it's unusual to be to have the best plus minus when you only score two points. That's right. But that's that's what he did. Uh, six five four roars the number on the phone on the Adams Coverving text line. Hour one of the program continues right after this. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family owned and operated. 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. Finding a dealership alternative just got easier. With three locations in Greenville, Cherrydale, and Anderson, First Class Halt is here to service your Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. With ASE certified technicians, state-of-the-art equipment, free shuttles, customer rewards program, and a limited lifetime warranty on parts and labor, we stand behind our work. So if you're looking for an independent service shop who treats you like a customer, not a number, look no further than firstclasshalt.com. And while you are there, take advantage of our new customer offer, First Class Halt, your dealership alternative. Health insurance. How can you possibly choose the right plan when there are 64 plans to choose from? Maybe you just turned 26 and need to buy insurance for the very first time. Maybe you just received a letter that your Medicaid is ending. Maybe you just lost benefits at work. It can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. Give me a call at 864-467-8738 and check out our website, insure-u.com. You can check to see if your doctor's in the network or compare plans side by side. One size doesn't fit all. Let's make sure you have the right plan for you. I'm Guy the Insurance Guy. My company is The Insurance Source, and what we do is simple. We make health insurance easier. 
First, it was Seneca. Then came Clemson. Now, Joe's New York Pizza is in Central at 302 East Main Street, featuring 10-inch personal-sized pizzas and daily lunch specials. A build-your-own salad bar and half-price Wednesdays on any take-and-bake pizza. Great wine selection. And get this, $3 pints all day, every day on their own Joe's House Lager. Served in frozen pint glasses. Dine-in or take-out Tuesday through Sunday, 11 and 9. New York style served with a southern smile. Joe's New York Pizza, 302 East Main in Central. Rely on Enviro Mulch for all of your outdoor needs. They have an assortment of mulch, riverstone, dirt, sand, gravel, straw, and more. Enviro Mulch will make your yard look amazing during the months ahead. Order at EnviroMulchOnline.com. The Dream Center is more than a building. They serve those in need with a hand up instead of a hand out by empowering them to grow toward becoming healthy and self-sufficient through life skill classes, job training, mentorship, and a housing program called the Opportunity Village. Want to get involved? It's easy. Sign up to attend a volunteer orientation or on how you can serve with your school group, corporation, or individually. The Dream Center, where they encourage, educate, and empower. Learn more today at dreamcenterpc.org. I'm Chelsea, and a little thing I like about the Chick-fil-A Spicy Deluxe Sandwich is I think it's just a perfect combination of ingredients. The pepper jack cheese and the spiciness of the sandwich. It's the right type of spice and the right amount of spice. It's crunchy on the outside, but then really tender on the inside. And then, obviously, the pickles on the bottom are iconic. There are too many things I like about it. I don't know if I can finish the thought. Bring on the spice and order the Chick-fil-A Spicy Deluxe Sandwich on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real guests paid for their testimonial. The Upstate's home for sports talk. It entertains me. I enjoy listening on the way home. 105.5 and 97.5 FM. We are the Roar. All right, hour one continues out of bounds. You know, after uh, after basketball last night, I had a weird eating schedule yesterday. I had a lot of veggies. And um, so after basketball, I decided I was going to go to Wendy's. And I used the app, and I got spicy nuggets, and I got my wife a Frosty. And that's what we did after basketball last night. Treat yourself. I mean, you know, two dubs in a day. You got to do it. Uh, ordered on the Wendy's app, went through the drive-thru, easy peasy. Got home maybe like five or six minutes later than I otherwise would have. Fantastic. Uh, you can do the same at your local neighborhood Wendy's where you can celebrate all the victories in your life. Celebrate a good day. Treat yourself. Uh, celebrate making it a lunch. Treat yourself. Celebrate making it at 2.30. Look, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you to uh, what you should celebrate and not celebrate. No celebration is too small, folks. Do it at Wendy's. Your local neighborhood, Wendy's. One more point on, we were talking about P.J. Hall a while ago posting up. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about that during the break, Quark. He actually did post up maybe more than we're giving him credit for. Uh, you know, when when he hits a couple of threes, that's those are the shots that you remember. But there were a bunch of chippies missed in this game by both teams. P.J. missed a couple, you know, like felt like everybody missed the short ones last night. Um, but if I remember right, like his three field goals from the floor were, were around the basket. Yes. He hit the one, three that kind of got him going. Yeah. I 
think it was late in the first half, maybe an early second half that really got him going. But the other two were tough baskets around the rim. It was close in there. He missed a couple of those mid-range shots. And can I say the... Well, well, I'm sorry. He only had... I guess he was one of six from the floor, right? He was... Let me see this. Yeah, because he was two of four from three. Yeah, he was one of six from two. And okay, two or four from three. Okay, so he he hit one around the basket, and there were a couple times where he got fouled, uh, and went to the line shots that probably he thinks he should have made. Yeah. Um. So I think I mean he, I'm just thinking about remembering some of the times he's backing guys down. Uh, he, he probably posted up more than you're re, you're remembering. He just didn't make a bunch of those shots. Can I tell you, Federico Federico is a strong, sturdy defender. He he must be stronger than he appears to be because he appears to be a skeleton. PJ was not moving him no. last night. And also, when you have that slow back down, you're getting doubled almost every time if your name's PJ Hall. Correct. Correct. The um, the The remedy for that later in the game... Which, I mean, PJ was having a hard time posting up. We know that. They inverted that post and put Shefflin down there a couple times. Um, I think it was... I think it was early second half. Maybe they came out and did it on a couple of occasions where they really tried to get the ball into Ian and let him post up against Henson or somebody a little bit smaller. And Ian tended to get better looks or get a, a better traction offensively, I thought. Um, it was hard. I mean, that, like I say, that pit defense is is very good. Wake Forest scored 91 on them, and some teams have scored on them this year, but when you, when they get in a half-court game like that, they are, they are just not easy to score on. Um, some of the, some of the recent games, this is, um, this is looking at some of Pitt's defensive stats. I can give you what they are in the league, too. I mean, yeah, they gave up 91 to Wake. They gave up 64 to Virginia Tech. They gave up 59 to Louisville. They gave up 63 to Virginia. They gave up 64 to NC State. They gave up 60 to Notre Dame. I mean, like, they they have played better defense lately than they did at times earlier in the year, even when Clemson played them and scored 79. Clemson played really, really well. That's another thing we should point out. I... I felt like Pittsburgh, they have to be frustrated by this because I felt they played well. Especially early. Yes. And, you know, we were, we were midway through the first half, and I thought, well, Pitt looks like a team playing like their life depends on it because it probably does. Shouldn't. We'll talk about that later. But it probably does. And... Clemson, just to be honest, at that point to me, looked like a team that felt like they were squarely in the tournament. And, you know, I I just, I was down on the way that they started. Well, and like you say, sometimes the results dictate that. It's kind of like you're you're coming into the game, you feel like you're behind. Pittsburgh felt like they were behind. And so that sort of reckless abandon, loosey-goosey attitude when you're coming in, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And the other team is not in that position necessarily. You you know, if you're that team that's got a position solidified, you can get knocked off kilter just a little bit. I also 
I want to say Pitt hit five of their first six threes as well. That also will uh, impact a game in a in a big way. Yes, it will. And it allowed them to get a you know to to have a a good lead there for most of the first half. Yeah, I'm looking. They made their first two, three. They made their first three, and then they made their first four. As I'm looking at it. I think they made their first five threes. They, I may have missed a, a missed one in there, but you're right. I mean, they they shot the ball very, very well. They also turned the ball over three times in 60 possessions. That's absurdly good. And for Clemson to guard as well as they did and Pittsburgh to not turn it over to continue to get shots, I think that is a testament to Pittsburgh that you can get frustrated by missing shots. And I mean, they shot 33% from the floor and 28% from three. Um, they they were minus seven on the boards. Yeah, they got a few second chances, but not a not a ton. Especially in the second half, they did, they didn't get a a whole lot of second chances in there. Especially with the amount of shots that they missed, it just it felt like they were a team that could have turned it over more had they been a little more undisciplined. They were able to get shots up, and I give them a lot of credit for that for being able to get uh, to be able to get shots up. And I did watch that. I watched that team last night, Ben, and I went home, and I shouldn't do this. I'm a glutton for punishment. I promised West Durham I'd watch uh, NC State, Florida State. I did that. I watched some Wake Notre Dame. I also watched some Texas, Texas Tech. I watched all three of those, too. <laughs> ben, Texas and Texas Tech stink. I watch them play. They stink. You know how I know they stink? Wow. Because Texas stinks every night until last night when they played Texas Tech. Who stunk? Well, Texas Tech hasn't stunk last month, but they were not good last night. Oh, they were not good last night. Awful. They had fans throwing stuff on the court and getting ejected from the game. It was amazing. Um, Pittsburgh looks like a better team than either one of those right now. You know, I'm going to take exception with all the uh, you know the Joe Lenardi's and Jerry Palms of the world, they don't even have Pitt being able to even see the bubble right now. You can't tell me after watching Pitt play for the last month that they're not a that they're not a an NCAA tournament team. That's that's a joke, especially when you look at some of the teams that they do have on the bubble. And again, they don't they don't get the vote, but they you know, they're projecting what they think the committee's gonna do. I, I don't see how you can watch Pitt play and not think that's an NCAA tournament team. I don't I mean, before or after last night's game. Hey, they they played Clemson very tough on their home court last night, and Clemson's gonna be like a five seed. That in itself, I mean, even with the loss, that in itself should tell you they're a tournament team. Right. It makes sense to me that Pittsburgh, that you would want to see a little bit more meat on the bone from Pittsburgh's resume until you look at some of the other resumes. I mean, your your point is valid in, in as much as like, yeah, does Pitt have a sparkling resume? No. Look at some of these other ones, though. Not sparkling. Yeah. I'll give you one example that stuck out to me this morning. Uh, Jerry Palm and then the 247 guys both have Utah on the bubble. They're they're in the conversation. Yeah, that Utah. 
Utah, who is 53rd in the net, and, and I do this in comparison to Pitt, okay? Uh, Utah is 16 and 11 overall, Pitt 18 and 10 overall. Pitt is higher in the net. Uh, both have basically the same quad one record. Uh, Utah is three and seven, Pitt's three and six. Five and three versus two and two in, in quad two. Four and one versus six and two in quad three. Uh, four and zero versus seven and zero in quad four. Pitt's better in every category. A better record, higher net, yet they're they're not even close to the bubble. And Utah is sixteen eleven Utah in the Pac twelve. Who's probably going to get three teams in? Like, are are you serious? What's where's the disconnect there? I I don't. I don't understand that. This is this is where I'm going to go with this, and you're going to laugh. You know what it is, Ben? It's their non-conference strength of schedule. That's what it is. Because because Pitt's seven and zero in quad four, and they're only four and zero in quad four. Yep. So essentially, here's this is where it gets like this is where it gets stupid. Okay. Pitt beat all their cupcakes. They beat a lot of their cupcakes badly, all right? But they didn't beat them all badly. The Big 12 teams beat all their cupcakes badly, but they were able to do it in a way that rigged the metrics. So Pitt has a strength of schedule in the non-conference that Iowa State and some of these other teams have, but because they might have only won a couple of those games by 20 and they didn't win them all by 50 or 40, they don't get the benefit of that. So, And I did go through and look at the individual scores because, frankly, I don't care. Did you beat the teams or did you not beat the team? You beat them. So you're telling me Utah blew out a bunch of bad teams. I'm telling you Pittsburgh did, but they didn't blow them out as much. They played a similar schedule to the Big 12 teams that are all in the tournament. And they've got – listen, you look at the Big 12 in quad one games. Look at somebody like uh, – I'm going to even pick on TCU for a second. Look at TCU. TCU's 3-8 and eight in quad one games. 3-8. and eight. Their non-conference strength of schedule, they played Clemson, folks. Their non-conference strength of schedule is 323. It's right around where Pitt is. They are 37 in the net, and absol- or 38 in the net, rather, and absolutely in. Pitt, I guess they've got two quad three losses. One of those is in the league, by the way, to a league team that would have been propped up had they just blown out a bunch of cupcakes. Uh, the, the TCU is not a bubble team. Pitt's nowhere to be found. There's no difference. There is no difference between these teams. Every team in the middle of the Big 12 looks like Virginia Tech. Every team in the middle of the Big 12 looks like Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And you can't give Virginia Tech or Pittsburgh uh, even a cursory mention on the bubble right now. Do you think there's the chance that uh, that the Big 12 has been called out by, by, by several people, including Brad Brownell, whose clip was on Scott Van Pelt last night. Shout out to the Roar. Mickey shout Tyler. out to uh, Mickey and the Roar. And you know what? And shout out to Scott Van Pelt, who who aired it and didn't necessarily agree with it, but also acknowledged that it's factual. You know, I think that's why Scott Van Pelt's really good. Uh, I, I, can, I find that I can disagree with him and still like him the same. <laughs> right. Because he basically... But, he but said er, it was er, all true. Yeah, he said he's he said while I still think the Big Twelve is the best conference, everything Coach Brownell said is factually true. Can I say that I think the top? I mean, BYU went to Kansas and won. 
They were two and six on the road. They they get blown out on the road every game. They go to Kansas and win. I got to change my opinion of you some. I think their top four or five teams are are really good. I just think that middle is absolutely milk toast. I think they're all overrated. They're all trumped up, including TCU, which is helping Clemson. Um, like I think Texas isn't any good, and Texas Tech's not any good, and Cincinnati stinks. Cincinnati should be in the NIT. Texas should be in the NIT. These are NIT teams. But it's because of the system and the way they worked. I've got some other numbers on that if you want to really get mad about it. Uh, hour one is in the books. Hour two, I have more of this. Spring practice and Jana Butler after this. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the roar. Do you have sagging, softer, belt?